listening to Charge Podcast, episode 36, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How's things, John? It's Valentine's Day. Oh, and we're talking to each other on Valentine's Day. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> Rather than our ladies. Mm, I talk, well, okay. Yeah, but we're having a nice call with each other right now on Valentine's Day. That's true, and everyone's listening to us. Ah, uh, even though it won't be Valentine's Day when they hear it. Sad. No. How was Iceland? Iceland was good. Um, that's why we were absent for a day, because I was in Iceland. What um, did you do? Just toured around and had like a fun time and checked out Iceland. Eh, it was nice. Um, um, yeah, Iceland was good, and I just went for a vacation. Um, I booked it a while ago, because from... So, I was thinking about this. Um, it's kind of a genius idea if it's actually what's going on, but I don't know if it's what's going on. But anyway, so it's really cheap to fly to Iceland from New York. Yeah, and from Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cheap as in a relative thing, as in me being able to afford things. It's like, what, $300 or $400? It was $300 return to fly to um, Iceland. Now... And also, you see all the pictures that everyone takes in Iceland, and you're like, oh, it looks like a ship designers go to Iceland. Yeah, and like it's $300. So basically, went to Iceland for the weekend, and it was $300. The thing about Iceland, though, is it's really expensive when you get there. Like, insanely expensive. Isn't that because it's a tiny island? (laughs) Yeah, A, they import everything, and B, they only have one industry, and that's tourism. Right, yeah. So, hey, I have a fun Iceland fact. You probably know this because you went there. Did you know that in Iceland, all the roads and sidewalks are heated? I didn't notice that, but I presume that makes sense. It also makes sense because there was no, didn't really ever feel like I was scared driving and I could drive quite quick and, the, right. and the, it never felt very slick. Yeah, it's because uh, they have all those volcanoes and so Iceland's uh, energy supply is free and everything that's left over is pumped under the road and pipes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good experience. I, I would maybe go again, but I just Do you feel, feel relaxed. Like, yeah, I feel really relaxed. the real The real thing I think is like what I was going to say before is it would be really cool to basically, you know, like you would have your airline as a lost leader, and then you would just set up a whole bunch of tourists like businesses specifically catered and you just funnel them by that airline yeah and you just funnel them through the airplane so you'd just be like 65 dollars flights anywhere in the world to iceland but then when you get there everything's just insanely expensive because that's kind of what it felt like i was like wow actually at the end of this vacation there are a lot of other places i could have gone right you mean in iceland no other than iceland oh other than iceland right because all said and done at the end i didn't realize like Beer is so expensive there, dude. It's like yeah, thirteen, like a Big Mac 13 is to $16 dollars for a beer, any beer. Really? Yeah. I went huh. for a tasting menu and I completely effed up the. Um, their numbers are huge, so the tasting menu is like one gazillion something, and I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> that's, um, well, it ended up being. I, I just didn't want to talk about it. It was so much better. So <laughs> it reminds I, me of buying a pizza in China. I paid thirty euros for an airport pizza. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, so that part was definitely. And if you're bad at math, it's especially hard to be there. But and but driving you just have to is close really your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, we'll talk more about um Iceland at the end when we talk about Snapazajatza more. Oh, okay, great. Well, I got an echo, though. You got an echo. Yeah. I don't believe it. Echo. You actually did. What is the capital city of? Iceland. Don't you, don't you have to say Alexa? Iceland's capital city is oh. oh, I knew. Google Home can do that too. But you well, won't hear okay. it because it's far. Um, can you ask it what... Uh, ask it... What's the population density there? Here? No, just say, what is the population density there? Oh, okay. I see. Oh, okay. I understand what to do. Okay. Um, okay. Echo. What is the capital of Iceland? Iceland's capital city is Reykjavik. What you want to ask it something relative. Echo. What is the population there? The population of the world is about 7 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Echo. I got you. What is the population of Reykjavik? Echo. What is the population of Reykjavik? <laughs> Listen in as John tests his Amazon Echo. Nice. So it's pretty cool though, right? It's Echo. fast. Where does the rain stay? Sorry, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> no, Spain is the correct answer. So are you enjoying it? No. You're not enjoying it. You don't use it? I sometimes sit there and look at it and wonder what to ask it, and I can't think of anything, because anything I would ask yep. it, I would just Google, and then anything that I wouldn't Google, I'd ask Siri. Interesting. So you actually use Oops. Siri. I told you this a million times. I love Siri. Yeah, but why? It uses Bing. <laughs> but I don't, like, what do I need to ask my devices? Like, I, I ask Google Home simple stuff. Hey Siri. Oh, oh. Uh, is there anything else on my calendar today? Today, you had three all day appointments. Want to know more? Nope. I will not then. <laughs> I will not then. <laughs> I like Siri. And then uh, I think it's time. useless. So I think part of the thing is I have uh, this Amazon robot in my um, bedroom, which. Amazon is robot? Yeah, Alexa is, is in my oh, bedroom. Right. And usually I'm computing in my bedroom. Right, right. If I'm, I don't, I use the living room for like being social. Yeah, you don't really people. cook I either. Technology. And I'm, I live in New York, so cooking is hard, so. Right. And like, wait, why is it that you don't really cook is the other thing that I don't do that well, makes, how is that the, the thing? Well, the real use case for Google Home for us is we use it when we're cooking mostly. Cooking and in the morning when we're in the kitchen. Those are the two use cases for us, like uh, conversions from annoying American uh, things. So like how many ounces is three ounces in grams? Uh, and also like listening to podcasts and, or the news or asking the calendar. I always ask it in the morning if it's going to rain today. Those kind of things. Hmm. But yeah, I think it's... it's it can do something cool, but I can can't remember the command to trigger it. But it can play <laughs> it can play NPR for ten minutes. Yeah, 
That's pretty cool. I think it's called like mm, News Flash. But so I can-, I can just say, okay, Google, play my daily brief. And it plays, it just went off in the background. It, it plays uh, like a playlist, a different, a bunch of different set of sets of news. So like BBC News Summary for two minutes, NPR for five minutes, and then something else, which is pretty cool. One thing I find incredibly useless on the Alexa, though, is one thing that could be incredibly useful. And that is what? the distance traffic thing. Oh, it doesn't because know it? it only will allow you to program one uh like wait like one direction of a place to a place so you can't say how long will it take to get to my next meeting for example no i can only ask it what the traffic is like and it will tell me much hey echo what's the traffic i mean that's pretty cool but i mean it doesn't make any sense because you don't use it why would I use it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Ever. There's no reason for you to. I think for us it makes sense because it sits in the kitchen. We cook every night and in the morning we use it when we're walking past. I listen to the news while I make coffee. That's pretty much it. It's quite useful for music as well. Uh, but that's about it. Well, I haven't figured out how to hook my SoundCloud up to it apart from just playing it from my Bluetooth, but... If I was going to do that, I'd use my damn UE Boom because that's a much better speaker. Hell yeah, it is. You can actually connect Bluetooth speakers with that thing, I oh, believe. Yeah? Apparently. Maybe it's requiring the big one, though. Wait, I have the big one. Oh, I think you can Bluetooth pair. Mm, anyway, cool. we can find that out for the future. So on the topic of Amazon Alexa... <laughs> John goes through pairing it live on the show. No, I love it. off. D- John's troubleshooting on Cut Alexa off. live. So, oh, and, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention the um, today The Verge did a interview with the guy who's in charge of Sonos. And I think a lot of people who, who listen probably know what Sonos is. You don't like Sonos? I hate Sonos. Why? Oh, and how, I feel like we've talked about this. Oh, man, I'm so long on Sonos. Tell me why you hate it. Okay, hang on. Let me explain what Sonos is. So for anybody who doesn't know what Sonos is, it's a multi-room audio system. So you plug it in in each room. So you get like one for your living room, one for your kitchen, one for the office. You set it up on your Wi-Fi. And then when you want to listen to music, you just play it from Spotify and it keeps playing. You can turn off your phone, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to have it on the Bluetooth. And phones calls coming in don't interrupt it that's the whole point of sonos and it works with every music service that exists out there that's why sonos is awesome now why do you hate it maybe my views on sonos sonos are dated but i just remember (laughs) when i used to go over to my friend's house and they had sonos and you'd be like trying to connect to the thing and it was so annoying and then you couldn't (laughs) couldn't play like from soundcloud or something and like i could add like sign into my soundcloud account i couldn't just search soundcloud on it like yeah they need to get better at the party features for sure but when you use it and you live with it it's awesome like being able to just play the same music in every room of your house no matter what is pretty cool how's the audio quality off it incredible it's beautiful like sonos is like do you know who makes their woofers and stuff like their it's all in-house everything is engineered in-house that's like Sonos's whole jam. I would say they're like mid to high end because they're quite expensive. Like a Play 5 will run you 500, 600 bucks. 
the play one which is like the tiny one that's quite portable uh it's it's got okay sound but the play five is incredible deep bass really really crisp i I really i really love the play five it's an awesome awesome speaker and it can go super loud so i have a lot of them and like the thing is if you have a house and like with a kitchen and separate rooms and all that kind of thing and you spend a lot of time in different rooms it's awesome because when you walk between it like the moment that you walk into the living room and it's perfectly in sync is awesome anyway that wasn't the point of this whole discussion even if we like it or hate it what's really what sonos is doing is really cool they're actually quite late to the voice assistant game so sonos sonos kind of admitted in the past that new voice assistants were coming but kind of missed out today the ceo kind of alluded to the fact that sonos they kind of want to be i guess like the switzerland of audio they want to work with every voice assistant and so instead of mandating that you buy an alexa or a google home you can just ask your sonos to speak with google home and it just works and then your girlfriend can ask for alexa and she can use that like you can just use what you prefer and i think that's an awesome idea what like beating the proprietary systems by just integrating with everything is actually really really cool so okay i don't know i like sonos because they're kind of like the switzerland for music and if they could do this with voice assistants that would be awesome but i don't have that a good response to that because that's all very valid and i haven't used one in a while so and i trust your opinion yeah. so maybe i should try but one. what do you think well what do you think about the idea of just having one speaker that could do it all though surely that's more advantageous i have a speaker everybody. that i want so badly and i oh cannot afford it? it and i swear i've been coveting this speaker for a year and i can't afford it really? but i want it so badly. what is it it is the BNO is it like BNO? 89 oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want yeah. that speaker so badly. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, that is a gorgeous speaker. It is an How amazing much speaker. Cost? It is a, I think it's $3,000. Just for a speaker? For one, like, speaker, yeah. But, I <laughs> it's mean, enormous, though, right? The speaker itself, yeah, is amazing. It's, it's worth like $3,000. You know what I've basically promised myself? When I'm able to afford what? to buy a brown stone in the Lower East Side, I'll have a big enough <laughs> living room that I should could put a speaker like that in. And that's yeah, like, right. you know, but Dumb. I just, it would be wasted in my apartment right now. And like, I, that's, that's really the reason. <laughs> oh, it would be so nice, Owen. But like, honestly, yeah. I don't even think it would fit. Like, it's a pretty yeah. big speaker. It's just you, oh, I've, I've seen them mounted on people's walls in their homes before. Oh, and I'm God. just like, I hate you. Ugh. Ugh. I'm I looking have at it right mega, now. mega speaker. If I could have, if like, I really love that speaker so much. It's a beautiful speaker. If you can afford well, like, a $3,000 like, speaker, you should buy that. <laughs> I know somebody with a speaker actually in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, was it the NOA 9? <laughs> yeah. They had, Ugh. I remember going to their house and thinking it was a seat. Because it, it like from from afar it looks like a little bowl seat or something, yeah. but it's like a gorgeous, gorgeous speaker. First time yeah. I ever saw one, I was like, "Whoa!" And then I immediately went into the B and O store. Um, they have a store. Like the next day, yeah, they have one in Manhattan. I went in the next oh, day cool. and I spent an hour with it. And I was like, and the guy was like, absolutely positive he was going to make a sale. And you know, I was just like. I it's just for me it's the speaker to space to like money ratio just doesn't make sense like I I wouldn't put a speaker like that in this apartment I don't think yeah it needs room to breathe I feel like oh I don't yeah know why, you need I don't to be able to crank it some but, days yeah that's what I it's just I wouldn't appreciate it 
I, I, you need you know, to let that speaker loose. I think that's true. Is that weird <laughs> to think that? It's like keeping a dog on a leash forever. I, yeah, I, I really do think that. It's like it's like buying a Maserati and like you know driving it around the At London High forever. Streets. Like it's just so silly. You can't even go fast. <laughs> Which a lot of people do. I, well, exactly. I'm not that right. guy. So anyway, hey. By the way, did you see that we got some really nice fan? One of my f- most heartwarming, happy uh, comments that we've had on the oh, iTunes. What was that? About the um, old white chick that's been playing with computers since oh, the eighties or whatever. Let's, let's re- oh, shall Can I read it out? Yeah. Is, I love it. So we love it when people review, and we're saying this in the middle because you should review this. <laughs> uh, well, we're just also being thirsty, because I, I really love, love this, this comment. This review is genuinely lovely. From Irene, I think. I think that's who it is. The iTunes usernames are weird. She says, I enjoy the give and take between John and Owen when they throw out intriguing stuff. When don't they? In brackets. They give you enough information to go and look it up and see if it's something that you really want for itself, which is perfect. So we don't want to bore you with just talking about it forever, except Snapchat. And then she says, keep it up, guys, from an old white chick, in air quotes, that has been playing with computers since the trash 80s. I love that so much. I know. Whoever you are, I love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) And also said, listening since day one, still enjoying. So that's. Oh, yeah. Super nice. Even through our really terrible audio. (laughs) Yeah. I really commend the people that made it through my early days of. Yeah. If you're still listening, we love you. Yeah. Okay. So there Planet we go. Planet of the we... apps, John. Oh, I, goodness. I, I have to bring it up. Planet of the apps. Have you heard about this thing? Oh, man. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Did we? I swear to God we haven't talked about it at all. Oh, and Susan Ho was on Planet of the apps, remember? Oh, that wait. She went on that show. Okay, please tell everybody what Planet of the apps is, because it sounds like we're going to say we're saying apes. Oh, and I swear we've talked about it on the show before. Just tell, just in case okay. people are new, just tell them what it is. <laughs> so basically, Apple is trying to get into the content game, which... <laughs> no! Oh, uh, I, I want to, like... It's Eddie Key, I like right? the idea of it. Is, it. is that who it is? Who? Who's the guy that um, runs that stuff? Is Eddie Q is his name or whatever? Yeah, Eddie Q. Thirsty right. Q. I just want to, one day, I hope I can meet him, because I want to look that guy stone cold in the face and just be like, stop. Uh, yeah, why now, are you doing hire someone this? with some taste. Go he find he's not good with taste. 30 producers and put together a little media team and buy Pixar or something. But stop trying to do stuff. Stop doing it yourself. Get rid of trying to do any original content. And if you're like, what are you doing? Sorry, this is, so such, what is that the show? such a rant. What is the so show? The show is basically but it's super well, true. Okay, so here's the actual the actual down low on what's actually going on. So Apple is trying to own the um, sort of media in the home media experience, and so they're trying to get people to like figure out ways to get people onto their like holistic media platform, which is Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Movies, iPod, iPad, iRadio, all that junk that. We all use everyone. I know everyone uses mm. some component of like people are like, oh yeah, I like Apple radio. I like use my podcasts on it. Some people like whatever. Right. But no one really uses their whole ecosystem holistically. So 
beats and like music and and the radio service and stuff streaming service and stuff like that seems to be like one direction that they're going and then it seemed like right. the screen and the Apple TV and like content is another direction they're going and then of course they have to compete with Amazon and Netflix and stuff like that HBO and so and like everybody else who does this content stuff although I really think that's silly um <laughs> and well I it's just they should be this agnostic low level platform they always stick their nose up too hot this is my only complaint about Apple yeah they go tr- they tread too far into the ecosystem sometimes they just need to yeah. provide really well, good they're just, they're just too thirsty they are they, they go chill they get distracted so anyway, I still haven't said what this stupid show is. So basically, <laughs> you can go to apple.com forward slash music and they are releasing two shows. One is Carpool Karaoke, which they per- they purchased, I think, or somehow acquired the rights to or whatever. Or I don't know how they're doing it, but isn't it the guy who did the Carpool Karaoke on YouTube? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Carpool. Sounded real Canadian there. Um, anyway. Which actually, I, I must confess, I love that dude, and I love his carpool, car, carpool but why karaoke. Why is it on Apple Sansa. Music? I have no idea. And the other thing that they produced an original show called Planet of the Apps, where they got a bunch <laughs> of me. entrepreneurs together. So, like, the whole thing is like, I'll just do like uh, one second, like, just fake trailer for it, but it's just like developers are the new superheroes and uh, <laughs> startup founders are gonna make the new economy. We've uh, gotten together with five of the top culturally relevant entrepreneurs in the world to yeah to to bring you this show that will uh, (laughs) highlight uh, these how it is to build a real startup uh from pitching vcs it's basically like shark tank meets like way more of a like cool founder developer edge like they don't call them the founders of the startups they call them all the developers like will i am is always like the developers are the new rock stars like developers developers yeah oh why didn't they have steve <laughs> it looks Palmer? terrible did you watch the trailer i did oh it's so bad it's like got okay. gary vaynerchuk and gwyneth paltrow so, the judges so Ugh. our mutual very good friend and Brooke, who we did a call once with, yes. and he did his girlfriend. She worked with me in 2013 at DigitalOcean. She was the director of strategy for a while. Um, and then she went off to build early day Blue Apron. And then right. she left Blue Apron and started Journey, uh, applied for and was accepted and went on to this show. Oh, no. And was you know, accepted if it was onto a good it. Experience. And I don't know. I should ask her if I'll get. I guess it's going to air. I really right? like Susan, so I don't. It will. I don't want to say if I don't know if I'm allowed to say what she's told me, but right. I would say that if I'm not going to go so far as to tell our friends <laughs> what she told me, you can surmise what she said the experience was like. Right. Interesting. So was it okay? Well, the sh- the trailer doesn't make it look and very I don't, good. I, I'll say I that. wouldn't say that sounds p- particularly positive. <laughs> Just say. I mean. Well, look, the trailer didn't make it look good. It was like a shit Shark Tank, kind of cut together by a marketing team, and I'm not really sure who it's for. Like Dragons Den and Shark Tank are kind of adorable because they're like crazy ideas, and they get taken down by the judges. This is just like. We made a Snapchat clone, but like 
instead of photos disappearing, you can send fruit to each other. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, it's just that's a like great the most masturbatory idea. app shit ever. Boom. Dropping some truth on this podcast this week. Yes. Like, Intel is dying. Oh, wait. Are we moving into that already? <laughs> no one said we had to go in order order. Oh, man. We're not. Do you like going on. in order I have, order? I didn't know on. that. I have okay, one, we'll find the we'll order. I have order one more then. thing I want to say about Apple Music. Uh, one more thing planet of the apps is being distributed on apple music why apple, I apple presume tv they, at some point they have to do the consolidation of this silly yeah like but what is you apple? can't watch it on <clears throat> apple tv why I still say apple should buy charge tech podcast and make us the ceo acquire us we're, we're the new steve jobs is <laughs> anyway but we'll be real nice and we'll let um tim cook still be the ceo because i wouldn't and neither of us really, really want to do that. And yeah, he could be the token CEO. And then the, our jobs would be to hang out with him. And yep. we go for lunch at probably like 12.31. Yeah, and grab some beers. And just like chill out and be like, all right, dude. So why are we doing these things? And why are we not doing these things? And then he can explain them. And then we can be like, oh, that makes sense. And then if they don't make sense, we can be like, <laughs> Tim, get it together, buddy. And then send him back into the boardroom. Exactly. How so well John, Apple do? Intel is dead. It's dead. It's, he's dead, Jim. Wait, okay. why are they distributing it on the... Yeah, no, I, I love that we keep vectoring back into this. It doesn't Did make any ha- sense. Okay, so you had yeah, no good And also reason. you have to pay for Apple Music to watch the show, which is basically a giant ad for the app store. Stuff. So this is the thing. I think they're just like, I bet they... I wonder if they don't even care. Like... I half wonder if this is just like they literally a don't very, very, care very, if anybody watches no, you it. You know what, dude? Honestly, this is a very big company's content marketing. Like, mm-hmm. this is not buying Facebook it's native ads, advertising. or it is literally <laughs> native advertising. Except you have to pay to watch it. <laughs> well, no, they're giving you it free, aren't they? No, you get, only like, if you pay for Apple Music. I thought you got two free months of Apple Music through yeah, the, because they were that launching or something. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. So, Intel, it did. But no, it's not actually, sort of. Is it's that a, it's the, a, what's the blog posts that say that? Uh, Intel's dead, long live Intelers? Or? Yeah, something like that. Look, yeah. I think I've talked about Intel in the past and like Moore's Law and like the bullshit of Moore's Law because it was in all, always going to be broken. So everybody probably knows what Moore's Law is, but it's the rule that transistors should roughly half in size and double in power every two years, right? Intel, for a very long time, and this is like, I wait, I know way too much about processes. I don't even, I don't want to reveal too much, but for a long time, Intel used this release strategy that was called TikTok. So it takes a long time to shrink your architecture, right? And increase your power. So Intel would every, every, on the first year of the tick, they would shrink the architecture by half. So they have this scale, uh, you know, it started out at like, I don't know, 52 nanometers and then they'd half it to 28 and then they half it to 14 which is what we're at now 14 nanometers and then the next year they would improve that architecture so they'd take the architecture that was 28 nanometers and they'd improve it and make it more efficient on the battery rah 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 for years intel followed that probably since the 80s like it's been it's been that way for a long time reliably like that mm-hmm. until recently when Intel just hasn't been able to deliver. If you haven't noticed, you don't need to replace your computer basically ever anymore. And the only reason to ever replace it is for power gains or whatever. And so Intel quietly admitted for the first time last year that uh, TikTok was broken in essence. So they were like, instead of 
uh, instead of like releasing an architecture change and then an improvement, they were going to, for the first time, do an architecture change, an improvement, and then another improvement, basically saying a processor will last three years instead of two. But this week they admitted it will take four years instead of three. So Intel's doing tick, tock, tock, tock. Is that right? Three talks. And that's kind of like, to most people, that's not monumental, but it actually it, it actually is. I mean, Intel for a long time has been blazing the way in processors and they're doing nothing. And meanwhile, Apple was busy making its own processors for the iPhone. There's rumors Arm. they're going to put it in the Mac. It's bad. Arm and is you know, cool. Yeah, Arm is super cool. It's low power, different architecture, but it actually makes sense, right? Like you actually don't need all that raw power. You just need to use it right. And I think you know what the they other should thing call is, it? What? They should rename it Knock Knock. Knock Knock. <laughs> Why? Knock Who's Knock. There? Who's there? Intel. Intel who? I don't know. They went out of business a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, savage. Um, that was a terrible oh, joke. It was awful. No, oh, but like, wow. look, this, this whole thing is to say that, you know, I don't think we're going to have to replace our computers very often very soon. And a lot of the performance gains that we're seeing are happening in GPUs. And you know why that is? No. Artificial intelligence. Because oh. neural well, networks okay. run on your yes. GPU. I, yes. Okay. Virtual, intelli- uh, virtual, virtual intelligence. I mean, true. Uh, <laughs> virtual reality, all that kind of thing. So this, I think we're seeing this kind of monumental shift away from raw processing power to actually doing things smarter and crunching numbers harder. But it's kind of interesting to see that like the PC market's going to completely fall apart, I think, because of this. Well, says the man who just purchased his own friggin' computer VR and put it together. Box. But anyway. Yeah. Can I mention it for a second? No. Okay. What do you want to talk about instead? No, tell me. Okay. Well, I'm trying to learn VR this year. I think I mentioned it already. So over the weekend, I built a VR rig like an insane person. But dude, it is incredible. I'm like... So I used the original Oculus dev kit and now I have a Vive and it, oh dude, it's amazing. They've done a really, really good job of making it like a consumer product. And it kind of feels like getting in now is like, you know, you know, like, oh, I don't know. I was pretty young at the time, but then in the early days of the web, you could like tinker around and really build something that was kind of brown, gro- brown breaking, <laughs> groundbreaking. It kind of feels like that's what VR is like right now. And so like my goal this year is to try and figure out something cool that i could make uh i already have an idea but we'll see if i can actually do it anyway i built a pc it was crazy i'm using windows uh i'll update you over the space of the year but the vive is cool and the experiences are way more rich than i was expecting so i don't know we'll see the controllers super compelling i played a game where like it's called a drift and you're an astronaut and you have to like float through space to get back to your spaceship and dude it fucks with your head because like they're, they're your arms instead of like uses motion traffic tracking on your arms and so you really feel like you're weightless it's incredible i don't know i'm really i'm really interested in this whole kind of thing so i'll, I'll keep ranting about it i'm sure if anybody's from interested charge tech podcast ask questions asks i finally had the opportunity to try the <laughs> htc5 last week and loved the experience <laughs> I would love. I I know you love talk. Oh God, I know you love to talk about VR a bit before, and I'm wondering what non gaming applications you think over the next five years. Any thoughts? Ah, good question. I have one that I'm so excited about. Go. I am 
the most absolutely excited about the rate of diabetes that I pray will decline with the advent of uh, VR and AR, and that well, because child they get people obesity moving? will hopefully, hopefully, you know, maybe this could actually like get people a little more active, and we could yeah. see people get people off the couch and like the vibe can make I, you work up a sweat, man. Dude, I was super stoked with the Pokemon Go thing because you would see yeah. these kids out in the street just running and running and running mm-hmm. and running 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 and running. And like, I mean this with the most due respect, but I mean like some big, big kids running around too. Like, and they were running, like chasing Look, these Pokeballs and stuff. So the things that I, um, I think VR will be interesting for in the next couple of years is like a immersive storytelling. John and I went uh, to Charity Water in New York. And we saw this like VR installation that was like, you can what tell was them. that? It was like a video of what did they do? They drew. They drew. So they drew they the took you end to end through the delivery of um, them supplying water through their program to a village that hasn't had water before, and like, and it was a VR journey. So you, it really was. Very, you sit on a very, spinny chair, yeah, and you and, can like look in any direction, and you're really mm-hmm. immersed in it because the lights are out yep. and you're in that moment. And it was you have a headphones on, and it was narrated by a small uh, like girl who is in the village, and she like walks you around. You walk around with her, kind of, and she like shows you what her life is like, and she's like, "This is how we get water right now." And oh my god, I came out of that thing, I yeah. was bawling. Dude, but it's so impactful. I it's, was, it's yeah. The thing is, the thing with VR is it tricks your brain, and you can be, you can be taken away to a moment somewhere else in thirty seconds. And so, I don't know. I, I really, I really, I really am long on VR, telling interesting and impactful stories in ways that we can't even think about right now. And so that's kind of what I'm interested in tinkering with. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of impact. I think, and you know, doctors can you know explore the body in crazy ways that wouldn't be legal otherwise. And builders can like mess with buildings and see the impact of earthquakes and all this kind of thing. So it's there's there's a lot of stuff you can do. I'll let you know how I go this year. So AI and quantum computing is heating up apparently, according to your super sneaky Trello. I'm actually uh, I want to do our weekly call. This one I'll be lucky if he answers, but we'll see. I wasn't sure if you would answer. Okay, good. Uh, answer, uh, of course. Such a good man. So you're live on our podcast. My friend Owen and I do this um, podcast every uh, week where uh, we just kind of catch people up on like tech and the world and what's going on and stuff. So we have quite a few listeners. Um, and so every week I just call someone random from my phone book and uh, ask them a question. And then they have like a couple minutes to just kind of expand some thoughts on that. So here we are with you this week. So the first order of business is who you are um, and how you know me. And then I'll ask you my question. Sure. So my name is Javier Hughes and I am the former um, chief innovation officer at the U.S. Department of Labor. So and we know each other because um, how did I hear about you? OK, I heard about you through Grand Central Tech. And they told oh, wow. me that you were up to amazing things, and I should have a conversation with you. 
We did hit it off, and I'm a huge supporter of your lecture. Ah, thank you very much. So, um, given that you were the chief innovation officer for the U.S. Department of Labor, and you know, spent uh, near six years working with Obama and, wow. and those folks on uh, that kind of stuff, um, you know, we hear a lot about uh, AI and and kind of the impacts of AI on the on the job market. Um, and I, I'd love just to hear any of your thoughts on that and kind of how you feel AI is going to uh, impact the job market and, and maybe what you see as some uh, good things that we could think about doing about it. Sure. So, Good question. Let me start with, with this. We know what we know and, and we know and we don't know what we don't know. Okay, so let's start with, with something as, as obvious as that. And why do I say that? Because we don't know what new jobs are going to exist in 10, 15, 20, 25 years, just like people back in the 1940s and 1950s didn't know that we were going to need a full stack developer in 2010, 2015. Absolutely. So those people that think that um, automation is going to take over everything and that the human factor is going to decay to the point where we are watching a sci-fi movie, I, I think that you need to just take it easy, maybe uh, maybe open a, a bottle of, of something that's of your choice and <laughs> yeah. just take a deep breath. <laughs> what, I, what I do think is going to happen is that um, the – the, the, the more traditional industries that have survived the the transfer from the industrial revolution to more of a service oriented economy, like mm-hmm. the um, individuals that are working at for Uber, Lyft, um, for a lot of the fast food industry, a lot of those jobs are going to go away. It's and it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of how long is it going to take for lobbyists to convince. Capitol Hill, that it's okay for an autonomous vehicle to not require a, a human that's supervising sure. its, its back and forth. Okay? Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. All right. So I think that that's target number one. Then you have the issue associated with the lack of knowledge, skills, and abilities of, of that um, vulnerable population that I just described. And then you have more of the hourly wage individuals that are called target number two. So uh, individuals that hold uh, low-value skills or a, a small amount of skills that can be uh, reproduced by a machine, by an algorithm, or by a robotic creature. And those individuals are coming up next. And I think that when it comes to the the um, transportation industry, we'll see mm. a significant shift in the next, uh, I don't Trucks. think in the next five years. I do see a significant shift starting in the next 10 years. So 10 years from now is when I think we're going to see a, a tsunami of change. And for the hourly worker, we're going to see a, a, a delayed change, but just as, as substantial, probably in the next 15 to 20 years. And I'm going to start with, with after that, with more of a tier three, which, and I'm going to focus on the healthcare side. So um, individuals that people don't think are vulnerable, like surgeons, right, who are, who are relying more wow. and more on 
machines to do a lot of their work, a lot of their surgeries, right? So uh, knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries and uh, spinal uh, surgeries, all those types of surgeries. I think that you're going to get to the point where surgeons do a lot of the diagnostic that's going to be supplemented by a, you know, there's been a lot of press about IBM Watson, so IBM Watson-like technology. And then you're going to have a machine that's incredibly precise, far more precise than a, a, the human touch. And that's going to go in there. It's going to take over and, and conduct the procedure. So a lot of these surgeons are going to become subject matter experts mm-hmm. that provide that initial, um, sure. uh, I'd say that, that initial conversation. They like feed the machine. To be transferred to a machine. So how do you, wow. that's, how, that's how I see it. Sure. And how do you feel about mitigation quickly? Or, or what is, or what is like, I mean, or no mitigation and we just kind of see what happens. I don't know. That's a tough question. By, by no mitigation, <laughs> meaning like, how are we going to. Like, how do you, how do you feel about what, what what's going to happen to all these people who lose their jobs, basically? Yeah, I think that, and I'm, and I'm going to say something that's controversial, but, and probably going against the grain, but I think that the the norm and the unemployment rate in 20 to 25 years from now is going to be 12%. Wow. Yep. Scary. And I, and, I, and I know that that can be shocking to some, but think about it. Where are you going to put all these people? All right, man. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. That was awesome. Right, Thank you, you so much. That was really, really cool. Yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. So quantum computing and AI. On that topic, um, uh, I didn't even do my. I was the the Life Foundation, I think it's called. Um, okay, so basically, everyone's getting all uh, uh, the new Life Foundation, I think it's called. Oh, Future mm-hmm. Life, the Future Future, the Future Life Foundation, the Future of Life Institute. I'm sorry, should have had that <laughs> up. So TLDR is that Future of Life Institute met and they got all the crazy men together, Elon Musk and Kurzweil and uh, Bostrom and, you know, body, body. And they asked them all the questions about, you know, what's going to, when singularity coming, what are the biggest risks? What are not the risks? What do you want to happen? Anyway, TLDR... Uh, like super i don't know like i I like elon but i don't know why he like some of his things that he has these conversations are like he's just like yeah you know the number one problem is you know it's not the box it's the band so uh you know we gotta like uh (laughs) put the interlink into the cerebral cortex and uh you know just interfaces with the computer and just like get things going he was like like, plug us into the robots he's just like plug us into the robots which you know I don't even respect that perspective. But anyway, that's my personal <laughs> opinion. Um, but, and then I, I also cannot stand listening to Ray Kurzweil talk. I think he's an absolute, but anyway, and, yeah. but outside of that, it was really good. And so it basically is they've released, they, they all went to this like uh bunker and like wax philosophy for a week and a half or something. Um, oh, wow, really? And like, yeah, just like, and I, I can't even tell. So they've released all, the, a lot of the talks on videos and stuff like uh, on YouTube. They've released. Sorry, my my thoughts are moving fast. They released <laughs> a lot of the um, videos from the uh, meeting um, onto YouTube, and so I watched like a lot of them. And I just with these guys, sometimes I can't tell. 
if they're just like waxing philosophy and like just not really sometimes it's not very they're just saying shit yeah it's like and it's and yeah I, robots are gonna combine with humans and blood and robot brains and i really think that and i i mean they talk about the singularity a lot and i <laughs> i 100 believe in the singularity and i do believe that we'll get to general purpose artificial reality and i think that'll happen within my lifetime and i don't think that's a crazy thing to think but I do believe, and thankfully this was discussed many times and was actually why I asked Javier this question, um, that artificial uh, intelligence is going to like really fuck the job market. Did I say artificial reality or artificial intelligence? Artificial reality. Damn it. It's, it's like Apu. <laughs> then one time. Anyway. <laughs> oh, did I ask him about artificial reality? No, no, no. You said artificial reality just now, but there was also a time that you said um, average oh, yeah. run, pe- run rate per user uh, or something. I said aggregate, <laughs> ARR was aggregated recurring revenue, which yeah, is, right. is obviously <laughs> stupid, but is not so stupid because I guess you could aggregate your ad- yeah, revenue I mean, annually. Makes, yeah, you could. It was, just, it was just a slip of the tongue. Damn it. Right. Anyway, so... AWS. So, but the re- but what, uh, what, one the thing the re- and also there's some rumors going around that basically uh their Japan may have um gotten to some very high degree of quant of general oh. uh purpose quantum computing really and the way they've been able to prove that is through some reinforcement learning on an on a on a um neural network so that to me is wow. like scary af but so I just threw that out there. Intense. I think that you should go look up the future of Life Institute, um, and I think that you should link uh, in the show notes. Go check out their um, YouTube videos because they're dope AF. Sounds AWS. awesome. They're gonna swallow everybody alive. AWS. What did, oh, what did they do this week? I swear that they're eating somebody else every week. How? How many times have I said that AWS is basically going to like become you're just like, like destroy uh, every week? And you're become... like, I'm long on AWS, man. I'm long. That's I what you say. They, I'm, you I'm long on AWS. You just move your business to AWS. And today yeah. was like another nail in the coffin. They released a much better version of Skype. They make Google uh, Hangouts, but not shit. Yep. And it's awesome. But the only difference is they don't have the messaging tool like Slack does. Like Slack made Google Hangouts, but not shit, but it's built into a messaging so, tool. Also, how many times have we said the AWS should buy Slack? I feel like we've at least said it's that gonna five happen, times. Man. It's, it's, it's going to happen. happen. It's got to happen. I, like, you, I thought about it a lot and everybody was saying Google Bezos will buy today. them. It's going to be, it's going to be Bezos. He, he's, he'd be dumb not to. Thirsty Bezos. I bet he met Stuart in a pub one night. And we'll sell Bezos it to you later. Like, yep. Bezos was like, look, I need a chat app and you've got good taste. Can you go build a, build something? Get rid of, I want to compete with Gmail. Get rid of email for me. And then Stuart was like, all right, I'll go build that. I'll just tell, tell people you're going to yeah. buy it for me later. Okay. I love it. Conspiracy so, theories. What do they make? Ch- oh, AWS Chime. Sorry. I really didn't say it. No. What does AWS, what does Chime do? It's like Skype. It's like Skype, but for business. It's like GoToMeeting, but not shit. It's like blue jeans, but not terrible. Basically, it's like every chat service you ever use, but Amazon's making it. And it's, and it's, it's good. Uh, Bankrolled by level nice. three. Yep. Insane. So can you imagine if you could get on a conference call without dicking around for like 20 no, minutes beforehand? I think that's. I can't I, even I, imagine I, it. Have you managed to use it yet, though? 
No, it's like invite only right now. It kind of looks like it's kind of a mix of like Skype and Hangouts and WebEx. Yeah. And it all works on every device. But it and doesn't have but it doesn't have um Slack. No, that's the the key, right? Slack you're able to get on a video call with everybody in a channel in 5 seconds. And Amazon doesn't have that yet. And isn't it great that it, they, it has been launched into the AWS ecosystem? Like it's in web services. Like it's a part, it's yeah. like you've got all the way from EC2 to, you know, um, uh, ELB to SQS to- They literally have everything. They like even have an email RDS to email to like chat. Like they're, they're big, t- like they just- ah. They're going to swallow the world. He's so good. More on that when we try it. Okay. Now, we have one thing we need to talk about very badly. Snapchat. (laughs) All right. You have much to say about Snapchat this week. Like every week. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to read my whole blog post that I wrote out loud on the podcast. So you can just just, go. Just tell us why why we're talking about Snapchat again. We're talking about Snapchat because Snapchat actually filed their S1 like one hour after we recorded last week, yeah. which drives me insane. Oh, my echo keeps <laughs> turning on because it thinks I'm talking to it. Because <laughs> so my echo keyword is they filed Amazon. to go public. That means they're going to IPO at some under indeterminate date in the future, which is very soon. It doesn't look so good in the numbers. It's like the first time we've ever seen inside the company. It's not that great, man. Did you read it? I sat up until like 2 a.m. reading that thing. I didn't. I read the, all the news articles, though. Okay. I read the actual S1, and it's wow. kind of intense. I, I mean, I used to be a journalist, so it's kind of interesting, and I like looking at numbers. That 17 years, so... Yeah, well, I only scanned through it. So, okay, first thing. Snapchat's growth is already declining, just like Twitter. What do you think about that? Like, they went to kind of like from 20% growth to 15% growth to 2% growth to the, what, something like 1% now. Like, that's not good, man. And they're terrible. They need, now, to launch some, they need to launch some products. What's going on? What's going on? What, like, they need to launch do you some think, products. I think the thirsty teens are saturated. That's what it says. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read? No, no, no. They it, all moved like, to Instagram. It's, <laughs> but, it, and that's fine. I like, it doesn't matter. Why? That's going to kill Snapchat's business. They don't have anything unique. But that's, I, I know, but that's, and that's okay. Cause that's why they're IPOing. Cause they're going to raise a bunch of money and then they're going to make unique they stuff. They can make stuff. Yeah. Right. They're going to make the cameras. Whole, like, IPO they're a camera dance. company. Yeah, supposedly. Man, well, did you did read you not like, read my blog post? Yeah, I read your blog post, but I'm not convinced that Snapchat can make anything beyond a pair of sunglasses that they accidentally got right. I know, man. They're I incompetent. I've really loved using. Okay, the tell me about what you did. Why do you like them? Because two weeks ago you were like, "Oh, spectacles it sits on my shelf, man. I never wear yeah, that." Until I went so to Iceland. Happened? I went to Iceland. Okay. So it's like a GoPro where you use it when you go somewhere. Well, but. It doesn't have to be like that. They can come out like... So my, the whole thesis of my blog post was basically that there was a time when Canon had a range... Nikon and Panasonic and everyone had ranges of color uh, cameras from like the, you know, the uh, power shots and the elves and the... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the... And they all died. Like different, yeah. And they all died because everyone moved to the cell phone, Right. Yeah, you, and, when you have a 4K camera in your pocket, why would you use a point and shoot? Right, exactly. But what I'm saying is, I actually think that there's a market for that again, and that, but that you have to create hardware that, like, people who are 12, 13, 14, who are not really like, 
I wasn't like, I don't, they, who are not always using like a cell phone and want this like other experience or, or want like a device for imaging well, the value specifically. Is in the point of view, right? Like the whole value of Snapchat glasses is it's like hands free video. super cool. Yeah. So like if I was young, I would be using them all the time. I think, cause when I used them on vacation, I never wanted to take them off. I was so fun. Really? And people love the pictures of them. Yeah. You saw David Bird in the cloud club slack. He was like, this is amazing. Like, it was amazing because I'm touring around Iceland, driving the car, looking from left to right. And like you see my hands on the steering wheel. You can turn the, the phone around and get this crazy thing. My network gets it right away. People are like messaging things back and saying, oh, man, this is amazing. Where are you? Can you like spectacles this? Can you spectacles that? I'm like climbing up, um, climbing up the uh, side of like a, uh, a boulder uh, crater thing and like just Snapchatting as I'm going with like one click. And it's and it's. It's like straight to my Snapchat, straight to my Snapchat. It's awesome. Straight to your Snapchat, but everybody's going to stop using it, so it won't matter in the end. Like, No, if they got those things... Dude, I wish I had known you were using Spectacles, but I don't use Snapchat anymore because there's no way to go into it and not have to work hard to look at your story. Like, I know, and that's stupid. why... If you, I, and everybody I else is using if, Instagram. I bet <laughs> if you... Yeah, but that's the thing. You missed out on an actually really cool experience. Sure, but that's because I was using you, a different app. And if app. like 60 people that you know have spectacles and snap watch and snap shoes and snap snap shoes oh gosh yeah like whatever right and like the snap go pro competitor that sounds awesome though maybe this yeah like then maybe you will start using the platform again so i'm saying the platform is the lost leader and like everything you're saying can be copied by snapchat in half the time like everything you're saying by facebook so yeah well facebook and oculus and like the like you mentioned the supply chain and that's like i wonder where that ends right so oh, snapchat I mean, glasses a huge, are awesome that's a huge huge thing to to, to 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 like contend with because supply chain is really hard to get right so right and facebook has the supply chain by accident because they bought another company so yeah. it's like and snap obviously has suppliers here so you're kind of saying that, like snapchat snap has the technology and kind of a network but it doesn't know how to execute yet and the that's ipo exactly is to what find it yeah it's interesting i think they could do it like i do think that despite Evan Spiegel being um, Dude, somebody you, like, who disturbs me. He is a smart guy and he knows Apple, what he wants. Or I mean, Canon in 2009 announced that they were going to invest $8 billion in creating DPP, which was the digital um, professional like photo software thing that they built. It was like a lightweight Photoshop yeah, or whatever yeah. that no one ever used. They spent mm-hmm. $8 billion building software that no one used. And like, if they had to spend $8 billion building a cool social network that connected to their digital cameras and they actually like kept up with the times and made like cool sunglasses with camera lenses in them and stuff like that, they probably would have had a teen like consumer market today with like a whole app, like back end and been a software company too. And like, been a completely different company today but you know that they didn't so and it would definitely not be obvious to do that then so i can't say i'm surprised that that is like what they yeah like they didn't do that but i i think i feel I think like you're right. there's uh there's i'm not i'm definitely not putting like uh like the, i definitely think this is happening kind of mm. stamp on it i'm just saying like I see some market opportunities that I believe could be capitalized on 
And if they execute it in the right way, it would be right. a very interesting experiment to see if they could win basically the prosumer consumer um, yeah. camera market from it's everyone. It's like kind of creating a new niche for that. Yeah, it's especially like, it's if, kind of like if, what kills GoPro. Yeah, and if those spectacles were like thirty bucks, yeah. oh my goodness! I think they could do that. I mean, they could loss lead on the spectacles for the social network. No, I think it's the other way around. I think you make the money in the hardware. I think you like eventually start coming out with some more. Nah, you pro, make the money like in the ads bit. and you loss lead on the hardware, man. Fill the content funnel. Show I mean, me the ads. Way, that's a really nice business. You've got basically so, double money on both sides. The, I, think, I guess the biggest question is if they can turn around what's going on in their S1. There's been a lot of talk this week. One of the big concerns is that Snapchat's two executives control 80% of the company. So it's like if Spiegel dies or if somebody is incapacitated or if one of them goes rogue, they can do whatever they want and, and investors have no say, which is kind of intense. And then again, and then it's also their money spending is out of control. Dude, the $2 billion on Google Cloud services, and then a week later, they're like, oh, yeah, and we also committed to a billion dollars every year in Amazon Cloud services. Yeah, man. Insane. I know, but when you look at that, I went and read every single Canon annual report from 2000 to 2017. Right. That's, wow. But, and you couldn't read but, the S1. That was my plane ride home. They're really <laughs> nice. long too. Like well, really fast skim rep them. But and I was reading through to look at like what their how much money they had generated over yeah. the years from millions and billions. These, bazillions and bazillions and bazillions of bazillions. So like even if they got a fraction of that, even if they got like a fifteen billion dollar like revenue or whatever, or like yeah. it, Canon one year was doing twenty eight billion dollars in in its in its consumer camera. So I think I think this is more a question of like this discussion isn't black and white. Like it's easy to say that Snapchat could fail or Snapchat could die, but I don't think that the IPO will be a failure. I think Contra Hacks said something they... funny in one of the Slack channels earlier. We were, we were arguing about snapchat and how silly it was and he was like hey hey i know the secret and i was like oh what and he was like buy when the stock's down and sell when it's up and i was like good point bro <laughs> like it's super true i think snapchat regardless of what happens will be successful in some form but we just don't know what necessarily it looks like right right now snapchat's kind of uh, proven it can do this but I'm it's just, just saying, I think there's it. an interesting thing to happen here. And I think, yeah, I've, I always find there's something interesting about Snapchat. I don't know why. There's no good reason. And I hated it in the beginning. There's no good reason I should like Snapchat. Yeah, you, it's, you've it's, really turned around. But because it's just like, it's curious. I would, I would say though, I'm pretty, I don't know. You know, it's funny. When I was in Iceland too, I got really friendly with the bartender and he whipped, he's like, he was probably 56, 57. And I'm just like laptop and away and chatting with him. And then I notice he pulled out his phone and starts on Snapchat. And I'm like, well, you're on Snapchat. And he's like, yeah, that's how I communicate. Like how I communicate with my daughter. And like now. how I, and I have like a group chat with my family and my wife's in there and my kids are in there. And like, we all Snapchat each other and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my God, this is a thing. Yeah. Insane. All right. Well, we'll talk about that a lot more. I think we have to wrap it up right here, man. So, can I get can I do my spiel? Do you have a book recommendation? Mm, no. I'm trying to remember what I've been reading, but it's I've completely blanked on it. I'm reading A Little Life. It's quite a famous novel. It's quite good. You should read it. It's quite heavy though, so prepare yourself. A Little Life. I don't know who it's by. 
because my memory has blanked. All right. If you enjoyed this, please review it. As always, we might even say you review on the podcast. You can find the links to the places you can review it at chargepodcast.com. I made it more obvious this week where you can do that. (laughs) We always love hearing from you, good or bad. And you can email us. Uh, We had a really cool email this week asking John about the future of cities. So if you want to do that, you can email us on hello at chargepodcast.com and it comes to both of us. And we love to both reply. And it's like actually probably my highlight of the week. So if you just think like, you're full of shit about Snapchat. Well, then email us because we can talk about it and then we can mention it on the podcast and it's all fun. That's pretty much it, man. Chargepodcast.com. That's the place to go. By the way, just one last thing. Did you know that Facebook had poached an executive from MTV to help compete with Netflix and YouTube? Oh, God. I also saw that Facebook announced today that sound will play automatically on autoplay video now, which sounds like something I want to delete my Facebook for. That was a hot tip from Kendall Murphy coming to you from the Slack. Oh, nice. (laughs) Coming to you live from the Slack. Awesome, man. Wow. Solid amount of news this week. Basically, Snap rules the world and we're all going to lose our jobs. (laughs) Right? Yep. Awesome. It was awesome to talk to you, man. Good one, buddy. See you next Thursday.